exact quote, and this, I'm so sorry, is it's a waste of a title song. Do, do I have time for a rebuttal, or are we going to move? <laughs> do I love this musical? No. Do I love this song? Yes. It, it's absolutely incredible. Every time it kicks back to the title, you just jump. I mean, it's, it's oh, it's so good. Oh, my God, so good. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Off to Broadway, the podcast where we deep dive into anything and everything musical theater from the comfort of my car. I'm Tara. I'm Stefania. And in today's episode, we're talking all about title songs. We also have a very special guest. You might know him from the original cast podcast. Everyone, please welcome Patrick Flynn. Hello. How's it going? Hey, guys. Going all right. Thank you so much for having me on this uh, auspicious occasion. I have to say, you invited yourself. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> fair, fair enough. For this specific episode, you invited yourself, which we... Well, hang on. There was kind of a... <laughs> no, like... no, hang on. It's you know. not you invited yourself. So you sent us an email saying uh-huh. that you would be really upset if we did title songs without you. And yes. interestingly enough, we have a Google Doc of podcast ideas, and we have done previous episodes, Act 1 finales, opening numbers, we have I Want songs on there. But title songs was not something that we had thought about until you said it. Yeah, it's it's not something I find a lot of people think about except me because I I don't know if it's a writer thing or what, but I find them to be hilarious, like oh, <laughs> just in general hilarious. Because once once musicals became musicals, as we understand musicals to be, with like you know Oklahoma, um, yeah. Before that, they were you know reviews. They were simply just groups of songs, and so there was always a title song because. Of course there was. It's like the theme song to a TV show. Like, it's just like, now you're watching this show. And since the songs didn't have to connect, it didn't really make any difference. But when once, you know, Oklahoma comes along and people start trying to really do um, this, you know, and write plays that have musical elements to them, um, the title song still survives <laughs> and keeps going. And in fact, some composers seem like they demand it, even when it makes no damn sense to have a title song, because... Every writer knows titles are hard, and mm-hmm. not all titles make good lyrics, let alone good songs, and or, or are good ideas you know, for songs. So I find them fascinating. I find them absolutely fascinating. And uh, I, I have pitched this sort of idea around to do discussions about title songs to other people, and they're just like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, and that gets kind of pushed aside, so... We love it. I was, yeah, wanted to get in front of it. And I was, <laughs> now I'm like, <laughs> just confirmed that I'm still the only one thinking about it over here. So that's it. <laughs> but I was happy to hear before we started recording that I caused some anxiety when I brought it up. So that's good. I like to, yeah. I like to do that. We just debate because, you know, sometimes half of the title will make it into a song title or right. half of the uh, show or it'll make it somewhere in there, but not the full way or in a different form. So it's, that was the debate, I would say. If yeah. there's a bracket or a slash, the the stress that that caused, or honestly. a colon, the colon mm-hmm. has the colon. also caused. The yeah. colon. yes, the colon's tricky. Well, you got to have rules. I mean, without rules, yes. it's chaos. And when I originally thought of doing something about title songs, I wanted to do it for a live show because when we do live shows mm-hmm. for the podcast, we always focus on one style of song, or usually we do one very specific thing. And this was one of the first ones I thought of was to do title songs. And then you sort of look at all the shows that have title songs, and it's a lot of them. And I had to figure out a way to kind of cull it down from the jump. And so I came up with the rule that in order to be an official title song, and this is for me, it has to be the title of the song has to be the same as the title of the show. And that title has to be sung in its entirety in the song. 
So that was my that was my requirement. Yeah. So the stress that ensued sure. maybe two hours ago was if one of the words in the title repeats, does it count? So they don't get through the full title without repeating one of the words for style. Ooh, now I don't know what song you're talking about. And, I'm and I was just like, this is a lot of technicalities that we could spend a lot of time on. So. <laughs> this, this specific song that I was thinking of did not make my oh, well, top was, five list. Uh, okay, uh, well, I guess... We'll talk about it in our honorable mentions. We'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll okay, talk about it later. we'll talk about the honorable mentions. That makes sense. I was listening to it last night, and I was like, does this count? Does I'm very count? excited to find out what it is now. <laughs> I, I think that... But then you get into, like, you can't dig too deep into these things because then you get into the territory of, like, what I hate about award shows where it's like, well, is it a comedy or is it a drama? Is it, like, what does that mean exactly? How do we define these things and blah, blah, blah. And what's a supporting actor versus a leading actor performance? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's just as long as you, using that as a rubric, like, as long as they sing the, Mm -hmm. they have to sing the title of the show. I mean, that's the thing to me. That's the thing. Like, if they don't come out and go, Mame. That's you know. Then it's not a title song. It just is. You know what I mean? It it's just it, it has to have that thing of it where it's like, hey, that's the show we're seeing. He just said that's the, the wink sang. to the audience. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> and that's what makes it a challenge to write. And that's what makes it a so. It's also so music. Only musicals have this problem. Only musicals have this thing where they have songs named after the show, and they have to like. And every time anyone parodies a musical. You know, it's like, oh, this yeah. is the musical version of whatever. The first thing they do is create a title song. Like, that's the bit. Like, Co-op, for example, in Documentary Now. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the first thing they did was write the song Co-op, I'm sure, to be like, well, that's what the show would be like. You know, so that's, yeah. Exactly. So this is, as long as, as long as you're sticking with that steer. I trust you guys. You guys are smart. Well, I this is making you. me second guess my list, honestly, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> no, I've switched the anxiety from Stefani to Tara. This is good. <laughs> Playing both ends against the middle. I love it. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's an interesting thing. Like, what do you think comes first? Usually the title of the musical or the title of the song that they name it after? Ooh, that's an excellent question. Um, I would say that usually the title comes first would be my guess. Um, Or they come together where somebody's like, this is the title of the show and this is also the opening number. You know, like this is sort of like we're going to set it up. If the the title is super thematic, as some of my choices are... um, Mm -hmm. Same. Then it's very, very easy. But like a show like Oklahoma, for example, to keep using it, like, do you know what the original title of Oklahoma was? Uh, I've heard it, but no. Ooh, it's Away We Go was the name of the show originally. And um, I, I'm now, oh man, I'm, step, I'm overstepping a little bit here, but it's fine. Um, I believe there was a song they wrote for Away We Go called Away We Go. And I think that they then, when they decided to call it Oklahoma, wrote a song called Oklahoma. I'm pretty sure that like... Th- that show was just always going to have a title song. It had to. It had to. It was part of the part of the gimmick, part of what they were writing. And I mean, Oklahoma is a great word. It's a very, very organic word. Yeah. Saying it's got good syllables. It's like I mean, we spell it out. You know, every day in this it's house. It's nicer on a marquee. It's nicer. Yeah, it looks on a great. You put an exclamation point on that thing, and you're on your way. Um, yeah. I once yeah. I did Bye Bye Birdie in co- in high school, which doesn't have a title song, but they wrote <laughs> one for the movie, and. It's the worst. It's the absolute <laughs> worst song, uh, sung by Anne Margaret, who's you know a lovely performer. It's the worst song ever. And my my director of the high school show, in tech, turned to me and said, "It's a shame the title song's not in this show. It's the best song in the movie." And I was like, "Are you? I'm sorry. Like this show isn't. You know that show's not amazing, but there's some good yeah. songs in it. And Bye Bye Birdie, the song is terrible. Not one of it. Not good. Well, to to play off that point, I don't really love that many title songs. I oh, that's like funny. them, but on cast recordings, I won't go to them all the time. So 
it was kind of a struggle for me to pick five. I made, I did make three lists, I will say. Oh, whoa. Um, because I make all my lists in, in Apple Music and iTunes uh, from, mm-hmm. from, my, from my music. So I have my top five with then five more in case you guys steal one. Um, oh. Oh, okay. I have an Sometimes on- we overlap. Sometimes we overlap, and uh, that's okay. Oh, I'm going to be unique. Uh, that's that's unique. fine. Okay. I then have tw- I have 25 honorable mentions. <laughs> and then I have, I have a third list of 16 songs that are the worst. And I'm like, so. some of these are the worst. Yes, okay, some of them are the worst. Dev, he has us beat by like a mile. Oh, totally. I know. <laughs> I have my list, but you know. I know I made a big list and then shorten it and shorten it. And but shorten I have a yeah. I have a rep to maintain, you know. Like That's I have true. to like. That is. True. I have a certain. If I didn't come with like a hundred songs, I feel like some of my <laughs> listeners would be like, "Why are we even tuning into this? This is not. <laughs> this is not the we way didn't come here." Well, I mean, also kind of similar to us. Like, if we don't put thirty sa- songs in an episode, like, who are mm-hmm. we? So here we <laughs> what are. What are we even doing here? Yeah, very good. Questions. All right, should we should we get to our top fives? Are you guys ready? Sure. Oh, also before we start, if we do have overlaps, because Steph and I think that we might have an overlap or two, mm-hmm. you can either refrain from speaking your thoughts on that song or jump in now and then discuss what uh place it is at the end okay oh that was something i meant to ask i should have asked we are these are ranked right yes we rank okay cool i have to yeah. quickly you shuffle to my stand. playlist take a stand yeah, yeah also gonna say as i said on our opening numbers episode this is my list from today oh sure. i can't guarantee that i will feel the same way next sure, week sure 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 but yeah. for now we need to have an opinion and we need to take a stand yeah absolutely all right choices I'm okay you. i guess i'm starting okay so my list usually my list or my last list anyway was more before two, the year 2000. This year it's more post 2000. Oh my. And my number five song from the list is Six from the musical Six. Get out of here. <laughs> Why? Oh my God, Tara has it higher. I, I had like swapped it in at one point. I just think it was the first song that I fell in love with from that musical. And mm. I think it is the, our six main characters. It's very, it is exactly that wink to the audience where the girls look at the audience and say, we're six. And you're like, it has a sense of humor about it, but it's also them kind of taking back the narrative that they've been telling this whole show and flipping it on its head and becoming empowered in that moment. And I also just think it's a bop. Like when you hear it that is. song, it it exemplifies what the rest of the show is, which I think is what really makes a great title song. It's the same musical style as the rest of the show. It tells the story of the rest of the show. It gives you most of your characters or gives you the personality of most of your characters. I just think it's so much fun. And I just, I love that song. So six, Mm. Tara. Six is on my list. I will not give you my number right now. (laughs) It was in the hunt. Six was in the hunt for me. It's in the hunt. hunt. I love it. Um, Okay, we're gonna bookend you, Patrick. So you're next. Okay. (laughs) Number five. Perfect. Um, So there are, in my experience, uh, two main kinds of title songs, which are the ones that are come at the beginning of the show and the ones that come at the end. And either they're an introduction or a summation. And I have no preference, but my number five uh, is also the most recent one on this list and the one I would have gotten the maddest at if it had been stolen. So I'm glad I'm going with it first. And that is uh, the title song from A Strange Loop. Would that be sufficient? Or would that be a sham? Because even with those actions, I'm stuck with who I am. 
someone whose self-perception is based upon a lie. Someone whose only problem is with the pronoun I. This was our debate oh. two hours ago. Because he only says it once, if I'm wrong, unless I'm wrong, and he says, what a strange, strange loop. Strange loop. Oh, interesting. So, which I, I think it's fine to count, but yeah, it does. this was a it whole totally debate counts. we had. Yeah. I said we're overthinking it. Yeah, it's on the list. That's overthinking it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, it, it is. It's a summation song, obviously, to a show that I think is borderline perfect. And it does the thing I love that musicals do, which is repurpose. Like, I love a good reprise that changes the total meaning of the song. And this isn't that. But it does repurpose melody from earlier in the show that we heard in the intro, which is called Intermission, and um, presents it in a more triumphant way and gives us Usher's total like summation to how he feels about himself and where he is in the world, which has been the journey of the show. And it it's just, I mean, it's a perfect show. Every single mo- moment, note, beat of that show is absolutely perfect, in my opinion. I was so happy when it won the Pulitzer Prize. And... Uh, I think that it's a great ending to that show. It ends, and it also ends exactly where it should, which is the song sort of stops and then it's over. And it just sort of like Mm -hmm. comes, it doesn't have a huge crescendo, it doesn't have a big beat, it just quits because the show is very cyclical and that's the sort of appropriate stop because it makes you want to start right over at the beginning (laughs) of the album again and go all the way through it again. And I usually do. I, I was listening to it last night and listening to that song specifically in preparation and when he sings, you know, what a strange, strange loop right at the end, it's like you're throwing your arms out and having this like big cathartic moment at the mm-hmm. end of this whole show. And I feel like it is because he only says it once. It's like a release, like an exhale that happens in that moment that I think is really great. Yeah. And it's a low note too. I love that he doesn't mm-hmm. go up. He goes yeah. down. And that's just so, so great. Strange It is on both of our honorable mention lists. It did not make our top five, oh, okay. but a great song. Yes. My number five is from a musical that I have only seen a regional production of, but I love the cast recording, and it's one that we have talked about before on an episode, but have not for a long time, and that's Dogfight from Dogfight. Well, Tara, we might we have the same list, Tara. Wow. I'm telling you, I swear to God. <laughs> no, I told you we didn't because of our 2000s whatever. I swear to God, we have the same list. Tara. We probably have the same list. <laughs> um, so my number five is Dogfight. Um, if you've been listening to us for the last year and a half, you know that Steph and I, and Shara also, mm-hmm. we all love Dogfight. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song in particular, Annalie Ashford and Lindsay Mendes are giving a vocal masterclass. And I love the thing theme in this song that Annalie Ashford's character knows exactly why she's there and what's happening but Lindsay Mendes's character Rose is very oblivious to the fact that she was invited to this event with all of these guys and to sing this song so powerfully I'm obsessed with the harmonies in it I think that for a Pasek and Paul song it doesn't sound like a stereotypical Pasek and Paul song and I love everything about it. No you can't give in and you can't play dumb when you get thick skin then you're quick to numb you let them win and a dog's what you become at the dog fight at the dog fight at the dog fight 
also love it, and I will save my thoughts for later, Tara. <laughs> I'm sensing it's like a number two or one. So, <laughs> um, moving on, your number four, Steph. We're back to me. Okay, my number four. If you've been listening to us for the past year, you know I've been on a journey with a certain show. Um, in that I saw it for the first time about a year ago. We literally have the same list. <laughs> we have the same list, I told you. Um, it is Little Shop of Horrors from Little Shop of Horrors. Because it was a song that I knew before I ever saw the musical. I, it was like an earworm already. And I love the, um, it, I think it's so important in these title songs to really exemplify the musical style that the rest of the show is going to be. And I think this one really does, especially with like the 50s, 60s doo-wop style. I love when we talked to Vanessa Sears a few episodes ago, she said that her and the other girls thought they were aliens also sent to the planet from... Hmm. Mm-hmm. with the plant yeah. and I was like oh that's such an interesting read on it and mm-hmm. I love that extra layer now listening to the song and thinking about it um, and I also love that it's super upbeat but also spooky and mm-hmm. I think that's what that entire show is upbeat but spooky Yeah. so yeah there's Little Top of Horrors Tara we should have compared our lists that's all <laughs> it's more fun this way that's a great song absolutely great song it's a fantastic yeah, yeah. My number four. Okay, there's a third kind of title song, first in intros and outros, and that is the more rare kind. And that is the kind I think we're actually, to answer an earlier question, the show might have been named after the song because um, the song is just so good or so perfect for the show itself. And that so it comes kind of randomly, usually in the second half of the show. And uh, for me, one of the best title songs, I, I'm going to have the oldest list here. I can just, like, <laughs> absolutely feel it because I'm going all the way back to 1963. And uh, She Loves Me from She Loves Me. I'm trembling, what the hell does that mean? I'm freezing, that's because it's cold out. But still I'm incandescent, and like some adolescent, I like to scrawl on every wall I see. She loves me, she loves me. She Loves Me, the only thing I don't like about She Loves Me is the title. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a dumb title. It's a title of the musical. Of the musical. It gives away like <laughs> a huge chunk of the story. Um, because it, it, it'd be weird if that show was any other kind of show other than called <laughs> She Loves Me. But it's it's a you know it's a very happy show and it's a very happy song. Um, and comes sort of middle of Act Two, not early middle of Act Two, in this run of songs that is one of those like unbroken string where you have Vanilla Ice Cream, She Loves Me, and A Trip to the Library all in a row, and you're just like, oh, that's in one show they did that? Like, um, She Loves Me is a virtually perfect show. And that song is a song that I sang a lot in high school. It was a big song in my book. Um, I first saw, I it's I say it goes back to 1963. I prefer Boyd Gaines' performance. I think his is my favorite of all the cast albums I've got for it uh, from 93, I believe that was. And it, it is just an, a song about joy and happiness and contains some great Sheldon, Sheldon Harnick lyrics, um, such as, I'm tingling such delicious tingles, I'm trembling, what the hell does that mean? I just think that's a great, and I'm freezing, that's because it's cold out. Um so it yeah I think it's a great song it's a fun song it's a and it's a uh 
a wonderful song all by itself. And I'm pretty sure they wrote the song and they were like, that's, I think, the title of the that's show. That's it. That's yeah. mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's that would be my guess. If we had to guess. If we had I, to guess. I, I mean, we probably know that show more from the recent production oh, sure. and the mm-hmm. recent cast recording. Like yes. the Zach Levi version is the version I've heard the most. He sounds so good mm-hmm. on that. Oh, I yeah, he's great. Was like, he sounds stunning yeah. on it. And it's like, it's, it is, I agree, such a beautiful, beautifully written song. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, you're right that the title of the musical does give away the ending, but it's also a romantic comedy. So you yeah. know what the ending is going to be. You yeah. know, what, yeah. what do you want? I also don't like it, I have to say, because it puts a lot of focus on George. It being mm-hmm. she loves me. me. And instead mm-hmm. of like, you can't call a show we love each other. Like that's a dumb title. <laughs> but um, and it's a good title as far as it goes. I just, you know... Alona is or not Alona. I'm sorry. I can never remember her name. Amalia. Amalia. There we go. Is as much a lead of that show as as George is, and she's such a well written character, especially for the time. And she is so interesting and fascinating. I feel the title kind of leaves her behind a little bit, which mm-hmm. I don't she's passive in love. It. Yeah, exactly. And I don't. Now I do like the idea that he's excited that she loves him instead of I love her. Like that's an interesting mm-hmm. little twist, but. Yeah, I have a lot of obviously. I have a lot of feelings about it, and someday I will reveal to everybody my theory that she loves me and chess take place in the same shared universe. But that's a whole other conversation. That is wow, a, chess. <laughs> that is a that is a theory. These are things that I think about. These are things that I think about. Wow. Yeah. That would be crazy. I can't even begin to comprehend mm-hmm. that. I can't either. Yeah. And I've seen chess. Um, okay, my number four. We venture into the category that Steph didn't think was a real category for title songs, and that is the jukebox musical. <laughs> My number four is Mamma Mia from Mamma Mia. Do I love this musical? No. Do I love this song? Yes. It is so fun. Um, both of those movies are like guilty pleasure. You watch them on an airplane movie and you cry and laugh about it. Um, if you were to take Mamma Mia, the song, out of the musical, like obviously that song lives on its own, mm-hmm. written by ABBA. I feel like maybe, I don't know, do, you, do we think that Mamma Mia was, written, was titled after the song? Yeah, because it's a jukebox musical. Well, it's a juke. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but they could have named it something else. Donna, I was gonna say Meryl. Donna is the mom. Like, yeah, it, mom it's the, it's the song from all, of of all the Ava songs that has the most to do with the story. <laughs> yes, but only that is true. really in the title. Barely, barely. Like super barely. But you're not gonna call it. You know, take a chance on. Well, you could call it "Take a Chance on Me." Actually, that "Take a Chance cute. on Me" would be an "Take a Chance on Me" would be a good title. Wow, I went right for the um, right song. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> well, we're renaming Mamma Right. We're not um, gonna call it like "Money, Money, Money" because that would be fun. <laughs> and yet, um, and honey, yet, honey, uh, I'm trying to think. What's a what's a horrible one? Winner takes it all. Winner no, takes- winner takes it all is good. I like that. I mean, Dancing Queens, what they wanted to call it. Dancing- you know, they spent. Hours. That's why it's in all the ads, right? That's well. It's also their most famous song. But like, you yes. know, they spend hours, hours trying. trying to find a way to call this show "Dancing Queen," and For somebody, sure. thank God, was just like, "No, we cannot call this thing Dancing Queen. It has to have yeah. a title." Waterloo. Waterloo. Wa- wow, Waterloo. Maybe Waterloo. Just go fully out there. Mm-hmm. No, I would. Ne- would you see a show titled Waterloo? 
Yes. The songs of ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> Would you see a show well, called Mamma Mia? I mean, it's just such a, I mean, it felt like when it came <laughs> out and they had that poster with that iconic the picture of the bride. I just thought yeah. it was like Tony and Tina's wedding. Do you guys know what Tony and Tina's wedding is? <laughs> I do know what Tony and Tina's yeah, wedding is. Yeah, so it's like, I just thought it was that. I was like, oh, it's some kind of like downtown, moved uptown interactive wedding, interactive situation. theater thing. And somebody was yeah. like, no, it's the songs of us, songs of Abba. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and again, that show was such a huge Chess. smash. I cannot believe it didn't cause Chess to come back because it's written by the same people, but it didn't. So, yeah, you know, that's fine. But yeah, I think like Mamma Mia is obviously on my list for the reason that I do think that it is, if we're going to talk about iconic title songs, I think it is an iconic title song because everybody knows it. And it's one of those songs that as soon as it starts playing, I feel like the one time I saw Mamma Mia, the entire audience started singing and then it's featured in the mega mix at the very end. So it's a get up and dance, sing every show has everything. as loud as you can. I love Abba, it. Mega mixes, title songs. Exactly. If you're in the mega mix, it counts. I do think that Mamma Mia is is the most iconic jukebox musical title song of all the ones that I kind of was thinking of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another jukebox musical title song that is yeah better than Mamma Mia. I got you. Most so, of them don't have title songs, though. My, like, isn't am I? Oh, really? I think a lot of them do. I, I put together a list. Oh, you did. Ooh. Songs with title songs. I did. Um, I love Head lists. over heels. Girl Again. from the North Country. Nine to five, which is not a jukebox musical except for. Well, it the got, song nine to five. Right. She wrote it all, but except for the song nine to yeah. five. Um, yeah. American Idiot. Oh, that's also the name of the album, though. But the album's also named after the song. So. Quick tangent. I don't think that American Idiot is a jukebox musical because because the album already had a narrative. Yeah, it was. It did I, I not that. as pronounced as the show. Just like Tommy. Yeah. But it's like not a, and it does bring that. in songs from other um, Green Day yeah, albums. From other but albums, it is yeah. not. It is not a jukebox musical in the sense to me. Yes, yeah. they didn't just mm-hmm. pull random uh, a storyline out of thin air. Let's say, exactly. Or yeah. have it be. Um, what yes. else? Beautiful, obviously. Uh, All Shook Up, the Elvis jukebox musical that I'm very attached to for no reason. Um, <laughs> that's all. I, and Mamma Mia. Okay, that's, that's pretty good. List. That's pretty so good. Th- but yeah. Stuff, yeah. stuff like Jagged Little Pill, obviously, named after the album, which is named after a lyric in one of the songs. Right. Or like yes. Jersey Boys, not named after a song, named after them. Jersey Boys would never make it on a list of <laughs> you mine. Gone, so yeah, I was no, going to say, you should have gone for the joke. Like, or Jersey Boys, which sucks. And he just moved on. <laughs> well, like, well... Which is you won't find any dissent on this podcast. always my joke about those things. Like, or, or Jersey Boys, which is terrible. And is you won't the- find anyone to disagree with you here. Sticking with Mamma Mia for one second. Have you guys seen The Story of Musicals? No, I don't think no. so. Okay, it is a documentary. I was hipped to this by Kevin David Thomas of uh, Behind the Curtain. And I think, or maybe it was Rob Schneider also on Behind the Curtain. But they, um, it's a series produced for the BBC about the history of West End musicals. And it is... All on YouTube. It is absolutely fascinating. And um, Mamma Mia comes in late, obviously, cause it, but it starts like in the 50s and goes all the way up to present day at the time, which was like 2010. And it just talks about the evolution of West End musicals. And Mamma Mia gets a big part at the end of it. And it's a really good thing. It's all on YouTube. It's called The Story of Musicals. I just dropped the link in the chat for you guys. Um, Amazing. And uh, it's great. It's like nine parts on YouTube. It's so good. It's fast watch. It's really, really great. Yeah. I mean, it's like four hours, but it's a really good fast four hours. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) For people like us, it's a breeze. It just flies right by. (laughs) Scroll through. Okay, Steph, number three. Okay, my number three is also fairly current. It is another opening number. I found my list has three opening numbers. So this is number two Ooh. of them, which is In the Heights from In the Heights. I think 
Did I steal one from you? That's fine. That's totally fine. Now <laughs> <laughs> you're going to pull your backup. Was one. also my number I, three. I'm moving to my backup. Was also your, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. That like perfectly in sync. I like what I wrote under it is it's a vibe. It is so fun. establishes it introduces the world of the musical to you it also introduces Lin-Manuel to you for who he would be for that show and mm-hmm. even in the future the style of music that he's going to write that he's going to put out I love that he introduces all the characters to you I love that he's like this is a rap musical and I'm going to rap this whole song for you and you're going to want to dance by the end of it I think it's so well structured as I find most of his lyrics to be like so 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 well structured um, and I just think it's fantastic hard agree Every, it, hard all agree. that yeah it's fa- it's <laughs> absolutely fantastic opening number it's, it's, it's maybe the second best song title opening number <laughs> you might find for in, in my cumulative opinion. Um, what do you think came first, the title of that song or the title of the music? Simultaneously. I'm pretty sure that the was like, time. we want to call the show In the Heights, wrote, and it should have a number called In the Heights where we introduce everyone in yeah. the Heights. It's a like very he organic... That song, he's like, yeah. this is this musical. Yep. And it, it is, is kind of like the... the uh, what am I going to say? Like the Rosetta Stone of that musical comes from mm-hmm. that song, I think. Oh, yeah. It like, unlocks the rest of the musical styles and where he's going to go mm-hmm. with it from that song. So I definitely I agree that it all came at once. And one thing I really admire about that song is that Usnavi, as a narrator, is not an omniscient narrator. He doesn't mm-hmm. know everything. He just knows what he knows. And mm-hmm. he knows a lot about the block. He can tell you who everybody is. But he doesn't know, you know, that so-and-so is in love with so-and-so or that somebody dropped out of college. He doesn't tell, like, he's not giving us everything. He's just putting right. us squarely in Washington Heights. and In a moment, and then the yeah. rest is going to come. And the come. rest is then going to mm-hmm. come unfold organically. It is, I mean, it's an amazing opening song. It, it's absolutely incredible. Every time it kicks back to the title, you just jump. I mean, it's, it's yeah. oh, it's so good. Oh, my God, it's so good. Yes, yeah. I watched 700 YouTube videos of it today, so <laughs> I really Did we explain that the Hamilton song doesn't count, by the way? <laughs> That's yeah, not going to come we, up? Okay. We didn't explain it on the episode, but we yeah. did chat about this in email, that Alexander Hamilton does not count right. because the show was not called Alexander no, Hamilton. it's called Hamilton, yes, so it doesn't count. And Steph and I had discussed that Hamilton has made it on enough of our list, so we're okay with that. It's good. It's really good to disqualify it sometimes. Yeah, totally, like, totally on yeah, merit. Right. You're just, out. We're taking yeah. Hamilton as red, and then you know, we'll yes. move on. Yeah. You're number three. Oh, it's me. Oh, I gotta make it. it. Okay, so my number. Th- okay. A substitution. I'm gonna make a late substitution, and it's gonna be. I'm gonna stick with. It's not my number six. But it is, but I'm going to stick with, because I'm going to move to my number seven, which is more like in the Heights. It fits in the same spirit. And that is Rent. We're not going to pay. We're not going to pay. We're not going to pay. Last year's rent. This year's rent. Next year's rent. Rent, 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 rent. We're not going to pay rent. Cause Which is also, I know not technically, it's like the fourth track on the CD, but it is the opening <laughs> number of the show. Because uh, tune-up one and voicemail one don't count. Um, and just like, so Rent, 
is not a great show. Sort of is my final <laughs> estimation. It's a lot. There's a lot going on in Rent. There's a lot of problems with Rent. But there is rarely a song that gets you in the mood to watch a show like Rent does. Rent is. Does it? I think it does. I think it perfectly sets you up for what you're going to see, whether you like it or not. There is like this is the style of music you're going to be listening to. These are the characters you're going to mm-hmm. be dealing with. It sets up a lot of different relationships in interesting ways from time to time. Like the Maureen and Joanne relationship, which continues to be the best part of that show. Uh, Joanne's phone call to Maureen during that song, I think is beautiful and, and like a perfect dramatic moment. I like Benny's phone call home. Um, I, I, I mean, I think Mark and Roger are objectively like two of the whiniest human beings ever to grace the <laughs> Nederlander theater. And I've seen pretty woman, but it is like just, you know, like this Andy Carl shade. Wow. Oh, I love Andy Carl. Oh my gosh. I love Andy Carl. No shade to Andy Carl. I love Carl. Orfe. I love every, I think I said on one of yours, yeah, it, was that, it was you, it was Stefania. Yeah. We I liked everybody in that show a lot. Yeah. Um, my complaint is yeah. not with the, with the performance, uh, but it, it is, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a fun song. It's a great song. It's a high energy song. It's so, so 1995. I mean, it is just <laughs> Right, I am. I am listening to that song, and I am fifteen, riding in my friend's car with that on the tape deck, like a hundred and ten percent. And yes, the show has a lot of problems, but that was not one of them for me. That song is 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 amazing. Interesting. Yeah. See, which this is, is funny because when we talked about this, Steph was like, you know, I think this was on our last recording of an episode after we finished. We were just like discussing title songs, and Steph was like, "Rent, not it for me." <laughs> I said, "It's." I think one exact quote, and this. I'm so sorry. Is it's a waste of a title song? Like the title really? of the song after this, the title of the show after this song, or like this? I don't is know why the, the show song. is called Rent. I still to this right. day <laughs> don't think it's the right title for the show. Um, well, it's great because it's short, and I like that, mm-hmm. and you can just like. It looks but, great on the poster. I mean, yeah, that poster it looks, is, great, looks on great on the poster. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. else to call it. That's Looks another problem song. with that show. I have no <laughs> idea what to call it. I, I don't. I don't know what else you'd call it. Certainly, nothing from no other song would be no, a good title song. No, no. Title except song. for maybe what you what you own at the end of Act Two. Um, that's a bad title, that's a though. Terrible musical. It's a bad title of a musical, I think. Yeah. But I love that song. So this is a controversial take. But like, yeah. <laughs> what if we went with a character name and we just called it Mark? <laughs> That's so, that's so bad. Sucks. <laughs> like right below it. Um, <laughs> but like to be honest, I feel like he is the one that we follow the entire show. So it would make sense to title it off of him. It's like his interactions with all of these different people. I mean, yeah, you could. What Mark saw. It's a terrible. <laughs> it's all bad. I mean, it's all bad. It's, it's I think. Bad, I bad. think you're not going to find a better song called Rent. Like period. What, like like what if you go world. with like La Vie Bohème? Like that is the title of the show. I yeah, think that might be better. But there's an opera there's an already. Opera La Bohème, right? La Bohème, yeah. Which yeah, is based they, on... it would be too similar. People would be confused. You know, some of the opera goers would end up at Rent, and it would be and that a is real so issue. Snooty. That is <laughs> yeah. such a like. You don't want the opera. My musical is called La Vie Bohème. Like, they called the song that. They called the ten minute song. It's a great that. song. So it's a great. It song. is a great song. That's why a... I'm like, that's the one. Yeah, it I, might make the list. I was like, I feel <laughs> like you guys are alternately going to make me defend Rent, and it's a terrible look for me, so I don't want to do it. But I stand by the song. <laughs> no, that's fine. Everyone has their own opinion. Stand by the song. <laughs> but the song. Might... Yeah, my number three is a song that has already appeared on this list, and that is Little Shop of Horrors from Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. What Steph forgot to mention in her explanation of this song is that this was also part of the issue of does prologue count? Right. Mm-hmm. And on certain cast recordings, which is why. I had said 
don't read into this because it's different on every single cast recording. Sometimes it's prologue slash Little Shop of Horrors. Sometimes it's pro prologue colon Little Shop of Horrors. And then on a random one, I saw it's Little Shop of Horrors in brackets prologue. Yeah. So for that reason, it counts. It absolutely counts. <laughs> I should go back and say, Mamma Mia, it doesn't count, but that's a whole other thing. But yes, Little Shop of Horrors in my estimation. Prologue colon, that's fine. Yeah. That, that doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So like you, Steph, I love this song. I have loved this song since the first time I saw this movie. It is, I watched this movie years ago with my parents and that is the one song that stuck out to me. I have been humming it ever since and then seeing it twice last year had just solidified how much I love that song and a lot of the songs from musical and I mean like let's give some credit to Howard Ashman and Alan Menken because that score is really mm -hmm. awesome 100%. so I yeah I think it's it's a no-brainer that Little Shop is on my list I can't believe I went my whole life not knowing Little Shop until I can't either <laughs> it's so I, didn't I know. know and then I saw I was like this is it's like Amazing. my wife's favorite show, I'm pretty sure. Like it is just and it's yeah, so it's good. it's so good. It is it is oh god, oh. it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And it's also interesting because that one, as we had talked about on my episode with your you, Patrick, mm. is that I see a lot of shows twice. And that one I feel like doesn't get old for me because you can do different versions oh, yeah. of this show. And keep changing it in the future. I would love to see a different iteration of it. It'd be amazing. Though I will have to I will have to speak up for Robbie Rizelle and people everywhere to say that the trend of um uh, oh man, I'm blanking on everything tonight. What's the main character's name? Uh, Seymour. Like, the trend Seymour? of hot Seymours is really like reached. Least... Reached. Is it Chris Evans? Are we at Chris Evans? Is that where we are with the movie? He's the dentist. He's the dentist. Oh, oh but someone else. But somebody else hot like, is playing. Is it Alden? No, it's it's. it's oh, it's uh, uh, oh it... my god, Taron Edgerton. It's Taron Edgerton. That's who it is. That's who it is. Who's also hot? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But who is? Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Is it like it, Elton it, John? Yeah. Elton, yeah. It shouldn't. I mean, the original one was 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 uh, Lee Unkrich, who is just like this. And the, if you read the character description, he's supposed to be short, bald, and kind of like a nebbish. He's just supposed to be mm -hmm. this kind of like squirrely little guy. And then when they cast Rick Moranis in the movie, who is great, it, it sort of trended cute after that because Rick yeah. Moranis is like he's a dork, but he's cute. You know, cute as a button. Yeah. And yeah. I think that cute slowly became you know, Gavin Creel and Hunter Foster and suddenly we're all the way over here and we're just like, gang, like Jonathan Groff, nothing against him. We saw him. We saw Did him. Did you see do him do it? it? He was we saw so him spin. I'm sure he it was, was but he's not supposed no, but he to be. wasn't he <laughs> I get it, but he wasn't the hot Seymour that everyone was talking about. He really brought out that nerdy side to him and it was very charming. It was more than nerdy. He's supposed to be gross. He's supposed to be like the show is supposed <laughs> to be representation for unattractive right, people. Yes, absolutely. On stage. Some of us have been losing our hair for years. We there is a there's he's supposed to be to me the part of the point of the show is that it's gross and it's grimy and it's ugly and it's kind of like it, it has this very cute happy score and these people live mm -hmm. in poverty you know and these people are right. poor as hell and there's, there has to be a reason why he would turn to this plant more than like he's an idiot because that's always what the cute ones come off to me as this is yes. like he's a, he's, a, a he's like John Hamm in 30 Rock he's just a big dumb cute guy <laughs> and you're just like that's why you went for it, because you're an idiot. He's not an idiot. He's lonely and poor. Like, it's a really, like, pretty, pretty.
pretty straight line. So there's also, and like casting Chris Evans as the dentist is cute, but again, it takes the teeth out of it. Like dentist is supposed to be scary. He's he's a mm-hmm. dangerous person. And he really- Christian Borel? Yes, that scary. I believe. Now see, Christian Borel, I'm 100% behind as the dentist because he is, the man's got range. And even Jonathan Groff is a dentist, I'd be 100%. I don't mind the dentist being good looking. Would, In fact, he should yeah. be good looking. That's part of his problem. Yeah. But he should be scary. He should be somebody I, I actually fear. And I'm scared yeah. when, you know, when, um, Ellen Green gets on the motor because it's always Ellen Green, even when it's Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> gets on the you know gets on the motorcycle with him and drives away. I should yeah. feel t- fear for her, and again explain why Seymour goes to kill him. Like it's all you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I get it, I get it, and I get it, and I get it. But it's like there's it's part of a whole for me, and I think if Howard Ashman was still alive, we would not be having this problem. But that's just me. Okay, we're at. Number two, my number, number two, two, which has already been stated by Tara because we have the same list this time. I knew we should have compared them. It's um, not fully the same. Fully the same. My right. number two is different. Yeah. Um, so my number two is Dogfight from the musical Dogfight. Now, this is kind of an interesting one because it is named after the movie Dogfight. So they had the title of the musical already. Mm-hmm. So they probably figured they had to. And this is also the song that explains to the audience what the dogfight is and to Rose, mm-hmm. our main character, what the dogfight is. So I love this song, one, because it's just a great, like, kind of battle of, like, diva voices together, even though they're not really playing divas necessarily, of Annalie Ashford and Lindsay Mendez. But it's one of the only times we get to see, like, two women interacting on stage um, alone. And it is a turning point for Rose because she had agreed to this date with Eddie Birdlace and was kind of feeling uncomfortable maybe. And then that's the moment she realized, oh, he invited me here as a joke. Mm-hmm. And that is her turning point, her regaining of agency, her making a decision in that moment. And I think it's such a great song that it does that. And it does sound different from the rest of the songs in the show because it has a, just a different energy because it is these two female voices because a lot of the rest of the score I find is either very soft with Rose or all these boys singing together. So I, I think it's such a fantastically written song. My number two, uh, the so far under un, un, unrepresented Stephen Sondheim, uh, who has written written a few title <laughs> songs in his in his day. He's kind of 50-50, I think, maybe less than that. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Company and Sunday in the Park with George would certainly be two very high on my list of songs, But uh, and Merrily We Roll Along. But I'm going with... Um, uh, a song from his probably least least successful show, possibly, <laughs> uh, and that is 1964's Anyone Can Whistle. Anyone can whistle any old day easy It's all so simple Relax, let go, let fly So Anyone Can Whistle is a uh, a show that I am fascinated by because it aggressively doesn't work um, <laughs> and yet is transfixing in how much it doesn't work. Like, you just can't believe that this like, was a show. Like, somebody once described Merrily Roll Along as the best musical that doesn't work, and I think that's probably true, but, like... Mm-hmm. Anyone can whistle doesn't work and doesn't really care that it doesn't work. It's just like a lot of ideas and emotions throwing it flung at you at high speed with some really good songs. And there's a ballet for crying out loud. Three, it's a three act musical. That's nonsense. There shouldn't it's not be necessary. no, not not a good idea. Um, so, but that song, you know, anyone can whistle 
is that rare thing of, again, it's a title song, it comes in the middle somewhere, I think it comes in act two, I'm pretty sure it does. Um, or actually, maybe it's act one, I don't know, it's three act musical, it's hard <laughs> to keep track. But the, um, it's a song that, you know, the when the heroine expresses the, her frustration, and I just love the metaphor of this thing of like, they say anyone can whistle, and she's like, and I can't, I can do a thousand other things that nobody can do. Um, but I can't whistle. And it's just a fun little, like, a song about somebody who just does not fit in in the world, even though they can do tremendous, amazing things. Um, and the best version of this song, in my opinion, is performed by Stephen Sondheim himself on the um, what's commonly referred to as the Scrabble album, but is the Sondheim 1973 celebration, a musical tribute. And he sings it at the piano. You sort of get that song for the first, like really feel like he's always denied a lot of things he writes are autobiographical, <laughs> but there's a few songs of his, Finishing the Hat being another one, where I'm just yeah. like, yeah, dog, you can't hide behind this. Like I get that <laughs> you don't think it's autobiographical and that's adorable, but it like, this is clearly about like, he at least we if, all know we all know. and even well even if it's not he identifies with it strongly mm -hmm. like you can tell that song was very very easy for him to write and yeah. so i yeah i think it's a wonderful song and a show that i'm i i have begged people to let me to direct that show forever because <laughs> i just want to get in the middle of it and be like what in the world oh this show's crazy this show's absolutely bananas i love it so much that was a song i listened to i think for the first time a few days ago i made a list of really? ones i didn't know oh, wow. and i was like let me try and listen to a bunch of title songs that i don't know um and so i did listen to that and some of them i downloaded and some of them i didn't and i downloaded anyone can whistle so mm. wow. you know it made that list so <laughs> it's a great album that it, it's a really great cast album i mean it's a it's a solid it, it's a cast like, album well, that, i would listen to more from this that's it, what it made me think it's an original broadway cast album that does the thing where you're like god this this is a great album this show must be great <laughs> it's not it's not a great show it's but it, it is a really good album and so you it, like it's just like merrily i think like the album mm -hmm elevates the show so much that people are like, this couldn't have closed. This was genius. And then you kind of watch it and you go, You're like, eh. well, there must be a better way to stage it because like that wasn't genius. <laughs> it's like, no, this the show just doesn't it's work. Just it, and that's fine. Not. not everything has to work. We'll, we'll wait for the movie that's being shot over the next 25 years. Oh my so. God. <laughs> yeah, what do you think of the idea of doing that? Um, I, I think all those actors. things are dumb. I mean, <laughs> I really do. I, I have such little tolerance for like, I mean, I thought Boyhood wasn't a very good movie period forget forget the fact I loved like, Boyhood I truly loved Boyhood I, I get and I get it I totally get mm -hmm. why people enjoyed it I don't think it's a bad movie I it just didn't can I saw it was the gimmick really ruined it for me because I saw you see the, the work string. Yeah, yeah you see the work and you didn't really like except for the main character nobody ages that much that you couldn't do with makeup you know what I mean like mm. but it's a neat exercise like as an exercise I was like that's cool but does it have to be three hours long? Would be my second question. <laughs> it was long, it, it was, was long. very long. 25 years seems excessive in my opinion. That's a very long time. I don't think Richard Linklater is gonna make it. Um, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are gonna make gonna, it. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's gonna it. make it. I don't well, get Sondheim's it. Well, Sondheim's not gonna make but it. But it's certainly that, oh, I mean, it's gonna live forever, I swear to God. And like, what's the draw of Ben Platt gonna be all of these years later? Years Might not now. hit as hard as it does right now, so. <laughs> it's true, you are really like, 
You are making you are making some assumptions. You're banking <laughs> we on people. We are also way off topic. So bringing things back. Terry, my number, number two. two. I'm just so enjoying that I don't have to be the one to do that. This is great. <laughs> my number two is honestly shocking that this has not made it on anybody's list yet, and that is the Phantom of the Opera from the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> I have it on one of my lists. <laughs> don't say that it's on your worst song because I'll be very upset. I'm not going to say anything then. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think the overture to the Phantom of the Opera mm. is the best song mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. entire show, which does feature the instrumentals of the Phantom of the Opera song. Because Andrew Lloyd Webber doesn't write overtures. <laughs> he just does instrumental versions of songs. We love an ALW overture. Yeah. We love it. I think I've said this on another episode, but I think the best moment in Phantom is when they say the lot 666 and then the tarp is pulled from the chandelier and you get the very dramatic <laughs> mm-hmm. entrance. I love it. Wow, your face. We've only right got now three hours and fifteen fancy. minutes to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I've seen this musical five times, mm-hmm. four times. Um, I've seen it three times. I'm not, you know. It's not my favorite. It's very long, but I do enjoy it, and I, I really do love the Phantom of the Opera song. I love how it ends. I love Christine's last note, even though mm-hmm. now it's on track because it's very hard oh for them God, to hit. Oh my God, it's a terrible note, but... though. That is a brutal note. It's an unreasonable it's note. Yeah, it's an absolutely worst. unreasonable note. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like the first time that I actually loved a production of Phantom was when I saw it on Broadway with Norm Lewis as the Phantom mm. and Sierra Vargas was Christine. And that's the original staging of that song where the candles come up from the mm-hmm. ground, they're rowing in the boat, all of the costumes, all of that. So I just remember that experience and loving it so much. So that is why it is on my list. Do I have time for a rebuttal, or are we going to move on? Do it. Give it. It depends what your rebuttal is, because I think that it's on your worst songs list. It is on my worst songs list. It is on my worst title songs list. It's not on my worst songs. This is important. So Yeah, that's fair. Title song-wise, obviously the show title came first, and they had to write a song (laughs) called The Phantom of the Opera. And fine. Like, I'm so far I'm on board. My problem with that song exists purely in the lyrics. It is not in the music. The music's great. It is a pop song. It is not a music theater song. It is the, the characters are singing about things they have no knowledge of. They're singing about themselves in the third person, which they don't do in other points of the show. And they, it also does not add anything dramatic to the story, except the journey from her dressing room to his lair Pardon my French, but BFD. Like, it, I don't need to know that he's got a boat with candles in a lagoon. And of course, as the staging has, has been pointed out by thousands of people, who lights those candles? But moving <laughs> on. Like, moving well, on. It doesn't out. matter. He is, I feel like he does it himself. But I, what I will say, though, <laughs> is does. I do agree with you. It's at like 4 o'clock <laughs> that, in the morning. Like, lyrically, lyrically, I agree it with you. But I lyrics. do think, orchestration-wise, it's incredible. I, I agree, and I think I think you're right. Also, that the overture is the best part of the show, and I stand by I my second comment, which is by only three <laughs> three hours and fifteen minutes to go. But yeah. it is like I feel like the title song reduces the overture because if the only time I heard that music was in the overture, I would be like, oh my gosh, whether wow. or not he ripped it yeah. off from Pink Floyd, and that's a whole other conversation. But <laughs> it is like it, it, that song just it doesn't do anything, and it sits between 
it sits between moments that I really enjoy. I mean, I don't I, the the moment in the dressing room with the I am the angel of music thing, and then music of the night. I yeah. think is great, but this song just sits there in the middle. And I get it's a great song. It is objectively a really good song. And sometimes you have to cut songs that are really good because they don't do anything, and that song doesn't do anything except perfectly illustrate that show, which is like it, it's a great song. It's a it's a bop. People know it. People hum it. People love it. But it it's just all fluff and no content, which is pretty much what Phantom Trucks in and no shade. It's doing it very, very well. Like it's it's just yep. you know all these years later it's still doing it's still, it. It's still kicking. So yeah, it's just it is as a title song to me, like dramaturgically, it's not a good song. <laughs> I think in terms of iconicness though, mm-hmm. I don't think it can be beat. I've t- I said it on my podcast when we did this. I am desperate to see a high school musical theater production <laughs> oh, it of would the Phantom be of the so Opera. Good. I am so excited. It is just wow. like the, the whole thing work. is No Fly Wicked. It's like three hours of No Fly Wicked. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. Who lights the candles then? You know, who I'm, lights those candles? The moment I'm, That's true. I'm so excited for is at the end where she takes his, because you know, like the oh, makeup's in two phases. It. So she takes the make the mask off and then at the end when she takes the mask off, his hair comes off too. The wig comes off. I'm so yeah. excited for that moment <laughs> where the mask and the hair and then the, all the makeup just comes off in one big swoop because it's a high school show and it just oh yes. my god I'm so excited okay Steph you're number two my number I did my number two my number one. Oh, sorry you're number, number one, one. Oh, my yeah, yeah, one. There. my number one very predictably my favorite Sondheim is back company from company yeah that was it that just, was I was considering that for a while yeah I I love the double meaning of the word company in that it's like people coming over but it's also people who you enjoy spending time with and I also like that the title of the musical doesn't mean anything until you hear that song. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is why we're here. This is what this show is about. I also just really love that show. And I love that song. And even last time, it was number one on my list then, too. And I was like, I don't have any well-thought-out reasons. I just think it's the best mm-hmm. um, in terms of iconicness, in terms of my favorite. And that's that. That's what it's really about. the new West End cast recording, there is a song called Into Nightclub, which is kind of a dance remix of Company, yes. which is so funny to me, and I <laughs> love it. It's just like you fist pump to Company, and I love it so much. It's the funniest thing you've ever heard. I love it. My number one. Oh, so glad this didn't get stolen from me. Um, <laughs> has a prologue and a colon. Um, not on every album, but on, on, the, on the best album. Um, <laughs> It is, I think, the best opening number of any show, period. Wow. It is definitely the best title song, in my opinion, of any show, period. And it is one of the best musicals of all time, and that is Ragtime. Steph, 
called this. She <laughs> called this. That I would pick rag time? I'm going to pull up the screenshot yeah. later. I no, I believe you. I totally I've been effusive. I may have said that exact phrase on the show, on my show at some point. I'm, oh, I'm effusive yeah. in how much I love this show. It is one of my 10 favorite musicals, unabashedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is like a getting pumped song for me in a serious way. That final chorus where everybody comes in and sings ragtime. I mean, it just, and that fine, again, it's almost the exact opposite of strange loop in, in what it does, but it, mm-hmm. but you know, again, that's the show. Um, it, it is just like this explosive chord of music at the end of all these, again, we meet all the characters in a rush. They all have slightly different musical styles on the same theme. And then it all culminates in this glorious, like banjo plucked ending of like just total music. And it's so musical theater. It is so music theater and Mm -hmm. comes flying at you and is just like, and I'm in tears and we've only just begun (laughs) and God, I'm going to cry so much more later. And it is just like, you know, you couldn't think like it, it is a dangerous gambit because you wouldn't think the show would be able to match it. You would never think we'd be able to get to that moment again and go, oh, like, you know, like, and successfully get me to back to before. You wouldn't think you'd be able to do that. But the show wisely ebbs and flows and moves and, and pushes and is just, it's such an underappreciated show. I know it's its respected greatly, but I don't, I think people sort of, it ends up on people's, list, but yeah, it's a pretty good show. I was like, no, really, like, dig into ragtime sometime. It's an amazing, amazing show. I would say it's one. I can't speak for Tara. It's I'm probably somewhat unfamiliar with. Me I did too. listen to Ragtime in preparation for this today, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> Knowing <laughs> that it was going to come up. Yeah, I do agree that it's great. I love the like interweaving of these three families' stories, and then it all culminates in them all singing together. I picture, is it the Tony performance with like baby Leah Michelle? Mm-hmm. Just like... Mm-hmm. Marching. Trucking along. That's what I picture. <laughs> just like, hey. and a little like with like soot on her face. She always That's looked what like I that. It was always yeah. <laughs> just like to now. Yeah. My number one. Obviously, your number five, Steph, number five. which is why I was so shocked when I heard this. That's funny. Um, you've listened to us for the last year and a half. Sure. Would my number true. one be anything other than Six from Six? This song, this musical, is so good. Um, unlike you, the first song that I had heard from Six was Ex-Wives. I think mm-hmm. it was like a Britain's Got Talent performance, possibly the Brit Awards, mm. one of those two. And that is the song that made me want to see the musical. I remember the exact moment we were recording Dear Evan Hansen in my van. <laughs> and we knew that we were going to Chicago. And we we're like, should we see Six? We should see Six. And when we saw Six and when we heard this song, we left that theater skipping and screaming <laughs> and so excited. And I have not felt that way about any of the other songs that I have on my top five or any of the other songs that are on my long list so that is why Ooh. six is on my list if you want to hear more on our thoughts on six listen to our off to chicago or our year in review we talk about six all the time we love it <laughs> it is an interesting one because a lot of them are opening numbers but this one comes right at the end so it does mm-hmm. leave you on a high mm-hmm. in a way that the other ones like don't don't get the chance to do that though let's say something like in the heights the finale is also in a the reprise heights, of in the different heights, lyrics, yeah. yes, but yeah. it's just called finale. Um, right. I mean, six leads us into our mega six, yeah, which mega is six. also the greatest part of that show. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right, well, that wraps up our top fives. I feel mm-hmm. like we all had very good list. different, except for you and I, Steph. We had very similar, but our overall five 
yeah. it's an interesting list. It's a solid, I think a for solid sure. Um, yes, for an sure. hour into this episode, let's talk about some of our honorable mentions. <laughs> we are not going to list every single song that no. we have written on our list because, as you said, you have twenty five yeah. on one of your lists. I have an entire sheet of paper, and I know Steph, you have a long list too. So, um, let's pick a few of our favorites on the long list. My number six is Cabaret. I think that was that also one my number really six. Great. That was that That's was the one six. I was going to substitute in. For Rent, and I went with Rent, <laughs> rent instead. Yeah, but Cabaret is an amazing song. It almost made it, but I think it didn't because the most iconic performance of it for me anyway is the movie mm-hmm. versus with Liza, so that's why I kind of left it out. I I love that it's just a storytelling song. I love that she's just like speaking to the audience and her like Liza's vocal performance on it is crazy, and I think it does capture the tone of that show in a really great way. Mm-hmm. I have Hair on my long list, which I think is a great... I like song. her too. I think it's a great title for a musical too. Mm-hmm. And a good song. And, a, and like a yeah, shockingly good song, actually, I think, called Hair. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What do you think came first there? The title Oh, the title a thousand percent the came first. A thousand percent. <laughs> um, the, knowing what I know about the way that show was written. The yeah, title the, the title came first. first. Also, all the words came first. That was those were <laughs> lyrics handed seriously, all handed to really? Gold McDermott, who like set them to music. Right. And it, yeah, it's Amazing. it's incredible to think that that's how it's happened. Um, I had Anything Goes on here as well. <laughs> that's a yeah, like. I also yes. have that. Yeah. We watched, I watched the Tony performances, both Patty and Sutton, ah, and I was really yeah. into Patty's um, fake tapping, mm-hmm. her fake tap dancing that she mm-hmm. does in that. Sutton is real tapping, Patty is fake tapping. She's just moving her feet yep. in different directions. Just shuffling. Yes, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> in her isotoners. Um, one that I'm surprised no one has brought up at all, uh, Into the Woods, from Into the Woods. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> I know, but, like, talk about setting this tone of a musical. That really does it. It's, it's on my, my very long list. Um, well, my 25 list. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I... I, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Cra- it wouldn't. It wasn't even on my long top five list. Like it didn't crack into that. It was on because I split them up into like good and bad, and then went right. from there. And it, it certainly made the good list, but it didn't move over to the like. These are these are Almost. yeah. And I don't know. It's a, you know it does its job. It's a great song. It's hummable. It's got a lot of different moving parts and um, maybe that's mm-hmm. it because it's so disparate. It's more of a movement than a song yeah it is like it's yeah. got five or six components to it you know the jack and his mother have a section the witch has a section they're all different so, and on the london cast album it is broken <laughs> into 11 tracks which is dumb oh God. but oh it God. is broken up into 11 separate tracks they run continuously but you can skip Imagine to your them favorite coming part. Up on shuffle i know <laughs> it's it's the worst i put them all back together again when i dumped it into my computer but it because it, it it but yeah so but it does feel that way it's it's like a lot of different parts in one mm-hmm. long movement. It's a whole like first third of act one. Like it's a big chunk of the show. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe yeah. that's why it doesn't like, if you're talking about title songs, it just doesn't really crack the code for me. There's something interesting that me and Tara had discussed was Sunday in the park with George, mm-hmm. because the opening number is the title song, Sunday mm-hmm. in the park with George. But then I feel like it is usurped by Sunday, which is the act one finale, which is also kind of a title song, but not quite. And yeah. I feel like, cause both of those songs have Sunday in the title. And Sunday is so much better or more impactful than Sunday in the Park with George. The Sunday in the Park with George just kind of gets thrown out as an iconic title song for me, anyway. And it's also—it's funny that it's a solo. Like I really think it's so—it's so rare that mm-hmm. you have a solo of not opening. the title character, like opening yes. the mm-hmm. song. And it's because it's—and it's all about 
this other person, like I'm talking about him. Um, George. About George. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that one of the great things about the writing of that show is the fact that the opening is specifically Sunday in the park with George, and the Act mm-hmm. 1 and Act 2 finale is Sunday because the painting is really about Sunday as an a, a, any kind of Sunday, as a concept yeah. as a as a like yes. ephemeral as a feeling um but yeah I would you're probably right it probably it didn't it made the long long list but it didn't yeah, it's yeah on the list, it, but it's it not. didn't get I mean company went much higher in the Sondheim group for that for me and mm-hmm. and really we rolled along too as like mm-hmm. these are really good title songs and Sunday in the Park with George is a fun I, I'm I'm endlessly impressed that he was able to write a song called Sunday in the Park with George <laughs> like it is just a it wicked, is an interesting wicked, one. Wicked, wicked title. So, so, so many words to say in a song. And he yes. does it right. He has them say it. You know, it's all very fast. Yeah, it's great. Just burns right through it. It's um. So we saw Sunny the Park with George for the first time, uh, March fourth, twenty twenty. Oh, so like right, my goodness, r- right, right at the end there. there. <laughs> okay. The structure was what took me by surprise the most. That Sunny mm. the Park with George opens it just right off the top, and yeah. it was like an interesting opening number that like took me mm-hmm. aback. Um. And then kind of like you warmed up a little bit more as you got through until Sunday, which is like I immediately burst into oh, tears God, when yeah. I started. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my right? gosh. So, oh, cry for days. Cry through the whole intermission. Yeah. Cry. So. Yeah, cry endlessly <laughs> yeah. and love it. I was every- like, we were in the front row and I was like, no, we, look at me. We also, yeah, the, the version, the production that we saw was very intimate, very small space, mm-hmm. kind of in the round. So it was mm. very... Um, we were in the show, and it was when when Sunday hit. I swear that first piano note, Steph was immediately crying. Oh so. yeah, it's just oh, it's we get it. It's so good. I, yeah. I've spent whole up. We did like a whole two hours with the Broadwasted crew on the show, so I won't re- I you can go listen to that. But it, it it's it's the I think it's it's my favorite musical. It's the best musical I've ever written. On the flip side, what are some that you hate? I was gonna say I almost included Starlight Express on my list just to be that way, but I didn't. Because uh, it is a good song, but it's yeah, obviously everyone who listens to the original cast knows my my unbelievable love of Starlight Express and my dream to stage a stage reading of Starlight Express one day with everybody on roller yeah. skates. Um, Amazing. Bad yeah. title songs for me. We just did one actually on my show, Babes in Arms. Uh, that mm. song is terrible, uh, and we talk about it on that episode of how it's like a weird dumb stupid song and and has dumb stupid rhymes in it which is so weird because Lorenz Hart usually knows what he's doing um I didn't like Phantom obviously we talked about that already (laughs) I am not in the Jerry Herman fan club so like Mame and Hello Dolly both make the list of bad themes uh title songs for me um Mm -hmm. I'm way in the minority on Hello Dolly and probably firmly in the middle on Mame most people agree Mame (laughs) is not a very successful title song I love that these songs are not just like mediocre they're all terrible they are terrible (laughs) Legally Blonde I think is a bad song no no yeah I said that mainly to rile you guys up Um, knocked out of my top five at one point point <laughs> honestly also knocked out of my top five at one point but also because we were confused if the remix counted and i love the remix it, I, I counted i would have counted it if you'd asked i would have said yes because it's like a reprise like i would have counted it yeah exactly. it, it counts um yeah. i like the remix better than the first version but mm. i love the first one because it is so earnest it's so over the top earnest the rest of the show like has a comedic spin, except for that one song where yeah. they're just like, "Now take us seriously," and that's why I love it so much. Oh god, I don't, I don't care for it. <laughs> the staging of it is also great. And the, with door. the door, love it. Uh, let's see, worst Andrew Lloyd Webber title song, "Sunset Boulevard." I think we can say without. Love never dies. <laughs> um, Steph, do you have any bad other bad ones on your list? Any other bad or ones you don't like? Ones. Um, one that. This is a show that I enjoyed when I saw it, but everybody's talking about Jamie. I think 
is like the most mediocre song in the show hmm. and it's also a bad show title because hmm. it's so long yeah and i can think of like other good titles for it but at the same time you know the prom was kind of happening and then mm-hmm. i know the the musical here in canada like which was called prom queen then louder we get was also happening and they're all mm-hmm. kind of about the same thing so i think they were all yeah. trying to like name themselves different yeah. things yeah, yeah. and then they ended up with this bad title that's too long and doesn't tell you anything about the show but we've already printed the postcard yeah. so yeah but like what can you do his face is there and we're here yeah, yeah so sorry. <laughs> you know that's another yeah. one that's kind of meh yeah i get that um I don't care for Bring It On. Sorry, Steph. <laughs> I, I enjoy that musical, but I, I do never too. listen to that song. I think, I think that song great. is bad. I mean, that's also a case of, obviously, the show title a, was first because it's right, based, based on the movie. On the movie yeah. But there are better songs on that uh, yes. cast recording than Bring It On. That, I never listen to that song. It's a good, There's so many good songs. I mean, Your Dreams Come True. Is that what that song's called? The, um, the villain song? Well, oh, Killer Instinct. Um, yes, Killer Instinct, yeah. God, what a great song. Just what an I amazing love, song. The stuff that you can like really hear Lin-Manuel in mm-hmm. is my favorite stuff. So like, It's All Happening or Do Your Own Thing. I think those mm-hmm. are like... Or the opening number the, where they like yeah, had clearly yeah. written the whole song and they were like, and then you write a rap here. And then <laughs> yes, we're like, exactly. do, do, like that'll and then, be that. And then we're going to yeah. choreograph because then Andy Blankenbuehler did the choreography. I think right. it's a fab show. Um, yes, Tara saw it. So maybe she has oh, a really? opinion on it. Oh, okay. I saw it in Toronto. I didn't like it. Fair. <laughs> I love that movie. I really love that movie. movie. Yeah. Um, so I think at that point when I had seen it, which was, wow, I don't even know how long ago now. It's been a long time it came since out I saw like, it. It yeah. came out in 2012 and Broadway. So, yeah. yeah or so I feel like at that point, I was so familiar with the movie that anything that wasn't going to live up to that hype I didn't care for. One I have on my bad list that I would like to get your opinion on if you have one is Guys and Dolls. I don't have an opinion. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it just doesn't, but it really doesn't do anything for me. It wastes time. It's But like Phantom, it wastes time. Like it wastes so much time on the show. You're in the same place at the end of the song that you were at the uh, Absolutely the song, you are. Well, the Phantom, that's not true. You're, 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 right, you're, you're at the, the end of right. the boat ride, right? Which is so important to know because it comes up so many times later in the plot that you have to get there by boat. Yes. <laughs> Until the point when they run down the stairs and you're like, how did you just walk on water? But that's fine. (laughs) Actually, I think in one version they reference that Raul swims, but I could be wrong. They do. They do. He kind of comes up because the Phantom and Christine come in the short way and he comes the long way, comes swimming out. With everyone following On the other side. You had this shortcut all along and we're only using it now? Wow. Is she drugged? There's so many questions in that number I don't understand. We cannot have you leave without giving us your obsession of the week. So it is now time for our obsession of the week. I tried to find a really classy obsession for this episode. Um, So basically, um, I saw on HBO Max that a movie I'd been wanting to see for a long time was available on it. So I went to go look at it. Turns out we don't have HBO Max here in Canada. So (laughs) I found it anyway. (laughs) And this movie is The Umbrellas of Shoreburg. I had known the Hmm. music a little bit before, Mm -hmm. but I had never seen the movie. So I went and I went to watch the movie. And it came to a point where they are playing the song, which is kind of the main theme, um, which is called La Gare Guy S'en Va, which that's my nine years of French education coming out. Um, that was great. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, and it means the station guy leaves. And I was, you know, in my bed at one in the morning watching this movie, and he is on the train and they're waving to each other, and I am sobbing because of this song. Not even in English, that so I have no idea what they're saying. There was, there was English captioning. But, you know, the emotion came through in this 
music and in just the staging of it, it's really beautifully uh, produced. Like the costume design and the color design and like the production value is like really bright and beautiful. And I want her hair for the first half of that movie. I want to like <laughs> do it to myself. And I just loved that song in that moment. And then at the end of the, mu- the movie, when they see each other again and when they first look at each other and that song starts to play really quietly under it and then I immediately started crying again because (laughs) they hadn't seen each other in I don't know five years and their lives have completely changed and the song starts again and I have lost it it is now two o'clock in the morning in my bed and I am (laughs) obsessed so the song is kind of the main theme from this movie La Garde Guy Samba The Station Guy Leaves from the movie Umbrellas of Shoreberg Mon It's beautiful. I loved it so much. And I would highly recommend it. Um, if you're in the U.S., it's on HBO Max. If you're in Canada, Sorry. I don't know if I can help you. <laughs> you know what? It actually, it is. It's funny. I was trying to narrow it down to one thing and I, I couldn't, it kind of, but everything fell into a category and that is song cycles. I've been like mm. deep into song cycles, partially because of, of my show um, and uh, an episode that uh, I think the most recent episode when this airs will be Michael Fink talking about elegies, which is Bill Finn's song cycle. Uh, his meditations on death and 9-11 and specific, more specifically, it's hilarious. Trust me, this this is all, it's <laughs> so a, funny. It's so good, but it is, is the funny thing. Like it's, it's, it's funny because it's a, it's a song cycle about meditations on people who have died, but it, he doesn't, it's not depressing. He talks about his favorite memories of friends of his who have died and they're very funny stories and lightning stories. It's really, really interesting. But then I've also been listening to Octet, uh, Dave Malloy's acapella song cycle about technology and phones and even though I find that to be simplistic at times and also sometimes not saying anything new I do really like the music in it and then in the interview with Michael uh, Fink for for my show he talked about songs from an unmade bed which I don't know if that's a show you guys are aware of um which uh, is a like a show from I think 2006. It was years ago. It's, this, it's a lyricist uh, and playwright commissioned all these composers to write songs with him, and it's come back around again because B.D. Wong is going to do a filmed version of it during quarantine, filmed by his partner mm. or maybe his husband um, uh, from his bed, and it's just so that's coming out soon. So if you Google that the title "Songs from an Unmade Bed," it'll come up. And that's a little more character-driven than the other two, like because it's a solo performance. But right. I've been thinking about song cycles and those three in particular, and things I like about good, you know, good song cycles and song cycles that are really just like, you know, I really like songs from a new world. But it is really just a collection of songs that Jason Robert Bowne wrote for musicals that didn't get produced. Um, and that's fine. Like they, they all hang together pretty well, and it, it's a pretty good show. And then another song cycle that um, that I was listening to. It's not really a song cycle because it is actually a list of songs that never got produced, which is the Jonathan Larson Project album, which is a great mm-hmm. album. I don't know if you guys have heard that. Um, which is literally just a collection of all, like a lot of his songs that never got produced. And but they are gathered in a theme. It's it's got really really well thought out. Um, how that album and that show was structured and put together. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm digging song cycles right now. I put a bunch in a playlist, I throw it on shuffle, and I just, you know, we see see what happens. Is there a standout song that 
yes i would say yes let's uh, yes certainly there is as i scroll wildly here totally being like i absolutely <laughs> sure, thought yes, of that in advance 100%. that's totally fine definitely something i did um <laughs> there so i'm gonna go with a song this is actually this is perfect song from elegies um called 14 dwight avenue natick massachusetts um <laughs> Which is a song, this is, this is what's great. So it's a funny title, right? And it's a real place. This address is the house that Bill Finn grew up in. And you can Google Maps it. It's there. It's a house. Um, and it's a song about taking his mother back to where, they, where he grew up right before she dies. And she has, we know in the course of the show, there's three songs about his mother that she has cancer and she is dying. And, but it is a joyful, hilarious song about where he grew up and the characters they grew up around and how some of it's like they can't believe some of it's gone and they can't believe that some of it's still there like this specific Mm -hmm. weird thing is still here and it isn't one of those like depressing look back at the house i grew up in and how it's all changed and the irreparable passage of time it's like no like we i had a pretty good childhood and this was a good place to grow up and we liked it and we hated it and it was fun and it was bad and it was great you know like all on balance it's got a real perspective to it and i really really find that to be um to be rare and important (laughs) that we have like that kind of reflection on things that there isn't this binary sort of like it's good or it's bad it's like it was Mm -hmm. it it was what it was and and because of it i am me there's a lot of that analogies of like because of this experience and this person i am who i am and i like who i am so so here we are we hit the dairy queen for michael where he used to cycle and moved on then moved on the stages billy used to sing on My obsession this week is something that I just watched very recently because it was just released on Disney Plus very recently, and that is the documentary Howard um, on Howard Ashman. This documentary is not new. It came out in 2018. It's just new to Disney Plus. Um, It's incredible. It's very, very sad, so beware. And there's a lot that I knew of his life, but the most interesting part of that doc to me was about the musical Smile, mm-hmm. which was based off the 1975 movie Smile about a teenage beauty pageant. And that was, it was uh, music by Marvin Hamlish, lyrics and book by Howard Ashman. I mean, everyone knows the song Disneyland from Smile. I feel like that is the mm-hmm. iconic song that everybody knows. But what I didn't know was that Howard Ashman and Marvin Hamlish did not have a good relationship. And through all of the different versions or workshops of this show, um, at one point the Schubert organization was involved and David Geffen was involved. But as soon as it was about to transfer for Broadway, they both pulled out and they had to get money. Um, Smile only ran for 48 performances. As soon as they got a bad review, Marvin Hamlish was like... I'm out. And the most interesting part of this to me is that Jody Benson was the star in that. Yeah, she and was. she says in that doc that she thinks that she um, got Ariel because Howard Ashman felt bad for the fact <laughs> that Smile was so unsuccessful. So 
the entire documentary is 100% worth watching, but just to find these like little new tidbits of information was very interesting to me. And yeah, I loved it. So I highly recommend Howard. It's on Disney Plus right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't watched it yet because my wife and I are going to watch it together and finding an evening hilariously, even though we're <laughs> stuck at home. And an evening we both have free is, is very, very difficult. Because um, I also am demanding we watch it in one sitting. That's the real, like, the big problem. Yes. Um, no pause. You have to watch it all the way through. The Little Shop stuff is also really interesting. And just pulling out all of these old interviews with him mm. was amazing um something incredibly sad is that uh at the end there when he was in the hospital alan Menken would bring the piano to his bed so that they could finish writing beauty and the beast and then he never got to see it yep. which is horrible but i think it's also very important that it was produced outside of disney and then like brought yes. into disney because i feel like it does not that it's like ragging on disney at any point probably like i, I don't like no. otherwise disney wouldn't have bought it but right it, it's produced not under that umbrella it doesn't have that shine on it like which is really important i think and i also think that if it was 100 percent by disney we would not have heard all of the aspects of his personal life yes so that wraps up our obsessions and also our top fives on title songs hopefully we've given you more songs to listen to but before we go patrick where can people find you people can find me uh at at unknown penguin across all platforms they can find the original cast at original cast pod across all platforms and if you're listening to this the day it comes out tonight seven o'clock eastern time on zoom i am doing a live show it's not really a live podcast because it you don't have <laughs> guests or anything but um i'm doing a kind of a cabaret uh presented by lati do productions who's a cabaret production company here in, in the states who's out of new york la and dc um and uh we're doing i'm doing a show uh it's a live show tonight and uh, it's me and alex debard is going to come on and sing some songs and we've got songs by uh, Stephen Sondheim and Michael Fink, who I mentioned earlier, Bach and Harnick, who's mm-hmm. come up tonight. Uh, I've written a song that will be in the uh, in the show, um, which I'm super nervous about, but I don't have to sing it. <laughs> and um, we, uh, yeah, it's it's sort of a it's gonna be like a half hour show, seven o'clock tonight on Zoom. You can go to Facebook.com/slash/OriginalCastPod for the link. Um, and uh, we're doing like a. Uh, you know, it's like a meditation on where I'm at, and but it's happy. <laughs> it's Amazing. fun, and it's happy, and it's joyous. And <laughs> it was supposed to be a big live show. We had this whole live show planned with like six, four guests, I think I had, and like hour-long show. Because, and then like, you know, the world happened, and Everything Don Mike happened. was like, well, yeah. do you still want to do it? I was like, yeah, I still want to do it, but I think it's just going to be me <laughs> at that point. <laughs> it's going to be a different, but that's okay. Yeah, totally different. Yeah. And if you want to listen to any of our other episodes, you can subscribe to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podbean. And you can follow us at Off2BWayPodcast with the number two on Twitter and Instagram. And I would highly recommend going, well, listening to our episodes on Patrick's podcast, The Original Cast, yes. and his other episodes, because I think his other guests are much better than we are. So <laughs> start with us, and then they'll be like, wow. <laughs> These guests are way better. So. That is patently false. That's a lot false. of shade to that us. I don't know how I feel false. about yeah. that. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll just step up and defend you. I'll shade myself. I think you're, since it's two episodes, I feel like you're shading my whole show. And it's like, no, no, you guys, you guys are, I, I really, I was, I'm always so happy 
to talk to like talking to this is going to sound so weird talking to tony winners <laughs> is fine but the the people i really love talking to are the fans because the fans of music theater are like are the most fun people to talk to who have such definite opinions about about things that absolutely do not matter and that is 100 yeah. percent where i want to live um <laughs> and uh I, I yeah, it's so much yeah it's so much fun so yes your guys both your episodes are out go check them out we're talking <laughs> wicked we're talking next to normal we're talking yes. all kinds of stuff yes and thank you so much for joining us on this episode and now I'm thinking of another episode that we can have you on in the future because this was Ooh, so much fun. Agreed. Anytime. Happy to do it. 